0: God is good all the, all the time. It is always true and appropriate to declare that God is good and that God is good all the time. Um, and when we declare those truths or when we remember that truth, um, sometimes we don't feel it, right? Sometimes we're in circumstances or in hard times or experiencing things where. We question whether God is good. We question whether God loves us. We are not in touch with whether God is good. But in saying it, in worship, in communal worship, when we do repetitious things, when we read scripture, when we declare uh, the truths about God and Jesus Christ, um, we are remembering, we are reenacting the great story, the greatest love story um, of God in scripture. And, remembering his covenant relationship with us and remembering his faithfulness. And it's good to remember because part of remembering, uh, when we remember, our hearts um, can be changed. Um, uh, New habits can be formed and we can be transformed. And so uh, it's good to remember on a day like today, uh, New Year's Day, Um, January 1st, and as I reflect back um, on to remember on God's past goodness, uh, I remember a year ago today, I was preparing to go on my very first sabbatical in ministry, and uh, wow, time has flown. The sabbatical flew by, but also the time after that came back on Easter. Uh, and now it's been almost a year, and it's really flown. But it's it's been good for me to do the discipline of kind of journaling and reflecting on what God was speaking to me during my sabbatical and um, whispering um, His love for me. That I'm His child. I'm His beloved. No matter what I do um, or what's on my resume, God loves me and just being in that and sitting in that um, was so, so good. And so it's good to go back and remember those things when I'm striving or when I'm trying too hard, when I'm on tilt and trying to please people or uh, trying to get ahead or do- doing the uh, ministry envy or gift envy or you know numbers game or uh, the comparison game sometimes um, that can destroy um, our sense of joy and, and kind of make us forget who we are. But remembering what God has spoken to us in the past, the names that he's given you, um, the truths about who he is and his goodness, and the truths about how uh, he loves you is really good. Amen? Um, but we, uh, we kind of, I skipped over the communal scripture reading for today, but if you can hit that communal scripture slide, um, I would like to read this together. Um, uh, This comes from Ezekiel 37, 5 through 6, so uh, we often read Bible passages together, and there's something powerful about reading scripture in unison, because you don't hear it a lot, and we don't practice it a lot every day, so let's read this together aloud. The Lord God proclaims to these bones, I am about to put breath in you and you will live again. I will put sinews on you, place flesh on you and cover you with skin. When I put breath in you and you come to life, you will know that I am the Lord, amen. And today's passage comes from Isaiah 63, seven through nine. This is the first Sunday after Christmas. Um, we will be going into a, a, a short uh, series, an epiphany series called uh, Reflecting the Light, God's Light, before Lent. Uh, Lent starts sometime in March, I believe, um, which will journey take us to Easter. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Isaiah, 60, uh, Isaiah 63, 7 through 9, uh, the common English Bible version. I will recount the Lord's faithful acts, I will sing the Lord's praises because of all the Lord did for us. For God's great favor toward the house of Israel, God treated them compassionately and with deep affection. God said, truly, they are my people, children who won't do what is wrong. God became their savior. During all their distress, God was also distressed. So a messenger who served him saved them. In love and mercy, God redeemed them, lifting and carrying them throughout earlier times. Let's pray. God, thank you for Earlier times, for all the times that you've been faithful, for all the times that you've delivered us when we cried out, when we prayed to you, uh, help us to remember. Help us to remember and to take stock of all the things that you have done for us and for our families and for the people around us. And in that remembering, may we um, move, uh, move in that, move in that, those foundations, those sovereign foundations, move forward into what you have for us in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. So during our connection time, we uh, shared about New Year's resolutions, and this is the time for New Year's resolutions and uh, January 1st, and I, over the years, have had many, 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 many New Year's resolutions, and I don't think I've lived up to a single resolution that I've made on the New Year's. And so, I was sharing with Tracy, uh, I'm just not going to make New Year's resolutions, right, because it just makes me feel bad about myself and my self-esteem goes even lower because I set this high goal, right, to change a habit, to do something different, to do something new. Maybe I'll do it for a few weeks or a month or even two months, but eventually I stop and I'm like, oh, I feel so bad. I couldn't do it. Another area in my life where i failed. There was the time in elementary school where I made the New Year's resolution that I will grow taller this year, this next year. <laughs> I will will myself to grow taller because all of my friends were going through early growth spurts and I was still the same size. You know, people were getting huge, you know, around that fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And, you know, that's when, like, the girls shoot past all of the the boys, and they're like, whoa! And I was was like, okay, I'm going to will myself to grow taller, and, you know, I even spiritualized it. I'm going to pray every day that God will make me taller, and I'll gain two or three inches. I even tried to tie, you know, go on the monkey bars and hang myself for my legs upside down because you know stretching my joints would stretch me and make me taller. Obviously nothing happened that next year. Uh, A few years later I would grow a few inches Um, but another resolution that was ridiculous and didn't come to pass and of course there's all the uh, good habits, the diet, losing weight um, resolutions that I made resolving to lose weight to get back to my 20 year old self or even my high school my high school body yes yes and this was at 40 right no way that was gonna happen and uh uh, then you know in doing some research like on instagram all the ads that pop up after 45 you know it's not it's not about physical exercise you can exercise as hard as you want, for as long as you want, but it's all about diet. And I was like, yes, yes, it never worked, that last resolution to work out more, because there was, you know, I still went to the gym, and there's still these buff guys like pushing, you know, these heavy weights, and I'd be like, uh, right, without, you know, any, any kind of um, results, and, you know, I would give up, so. You know i would make those diet resolutions and for me the big one is probably carbohydrates rice and sugar so there was the year i resolved never to eat to not eat sugar right to cut down on sugar this year and uh that lasted about a week you know and that uh, janice was like you're too grumpy man <laughs> you're, you're you're like i can't live with you you know you're raging every day and so um, and there was the year I tried to give up rice, and obviously that didn't work out. Um, so I put those things kind of off to Lent. One, because Lent, you know, it's about Jesus, it's about fasting, you know, it's spiritual, it's, you know, our souls, right? And But really, the reason Lent is a better time to fast or kind of make, you know, good habits is because you know, it's only 40 days, right? It's 46 days minus, and you get a Sabbath each week, so you get a, you get a cheat day. So that's why Lent is better to do. I'm just joking. I'm, I'm being facetious. But even Lent without rice, you know, that's like really pushing it. That's pushing it. But resolutions, we make resolutions, um, and we try to will ourselves to new habits and new ways of thinking, new patterns of living, uh, new, new kind of understandings. Uh, and part of that comes from, right, reflecting on our lives, reflecting on the year, and wanting to do something better, wanting to live better, live more healthy, live healthier, um, you know, good things too, right? Spend more time reading the Bible. Spend more time in prayer. Spend, uh, do um, do uh, reflection time, quiet times every day more often. Eat together with the family. Be nicer to people. Not saying curse words anymore, right? Not ra- road raging anymore. Whatever it is, there are. Good, we are striving to be better. We're striving to do good things, and there's acknowledgement that We have bad habits or we would like to better ourselves. There's things that we don't like about ourselves or how we behave or how we interact with people or the relationships that we have are lacking or we are lacking in meaningful relationships. So when we make New Year's resolutions, there's a freshness about January 1st, right? The calendar is changing, it's becoming 2023, Right? And you may forget to write the three for another six months, but you know, we want to turn the page. We want to turn a new leaf. Um, but I think as Christians, right, we believe in transformation, real transformation, and not just willful habit change amen we believe in transformation and not just willful habit change right isn't that true like we believe in the gracious power of God even in the ways that we're saved right for eternal life it's by grace that we're saved not by our works right Jesus has done the work Jesus is the power and through the Holy Spirit we're transformed right we're forgiven um, in jesus christ of our sins and so inherent kind of innate in our faith and the, and why we're here is this conscious dependence on uh, jesus christ and uh, conscious disp- dependence on the holy spirit that it's an acknowledgement of saying i am depraved right? i am depraved and i cannot pull myself up by my own bootstraps I cannot do it alone in life. I cannot achieve eternal life. I cannot go to heaven on my own. I cannot change uh, my sinfulness. I can't change the bad habits in my life just by willing it. Just by uh, more effort. I mean, maybe if you're a really disciplined person, um, you can. You can change habits. But deep. Real change, deep transformation happens in Jesus Christ by the, Holy, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, the same thing is true in general. When I just think about Advent and Christmas, right, there's this weird mixture. Like at church, we've been talking about the church calendar. We've been lighting. We lit our Advent candles. We had a candlelight service, lit the Christ candle. There's these rhythms. Advent is a preparation and a waiting and anticipation for the coming of Jesus. And in, in the church, we kind of acknowledge that Christmas is about Jesus Christ. Christmas is about the incarnation and the birth of Jesus Christ. But that's oddly mixed with everything outside around us, right? all the sales all the traveling all the canceled flights all the snow all the you know making plans and uh commitments with our families uh um this year was really simple for us we just celebrated christmas with our nuclear family and then janice's brother came to bring presents for the kids on christmas eve after the service i took care of my parents but we went out to dinner, to the Thai restaurant, didn't even have to cook, just, you know, paid the bill and Thai restaurant, took care of them. My brother's family is in Matzalan in Mexico somewhere, so no, didn't have to buy presents there. It's like, yes! My sister, we, ha- we haven't talked for a while, she's kind of independent, I don't know where she is right now, so it's like, very simple Christmas and it was relaxing and it was so good. But that might not be the case for a lot of us, (laughs) right? It's chaos out there in the consumerism, right? And it just continues from Thanksgiving on, you know, from Black Friday on to Cyber Monday, to Christmas time, to sales, to buying presents, to traveling, to Christmas break, Christmas vacation for the kids. I think all of this time is meant for relationships and rest right and i hope to god i pray every day that all of you were able to get rest that this has been a restful time for you for students that you didn't have to go to school right and that was and you could sleep in you could stay up late right that that was a restful time for the parents, uh, that you had the kids at home, that that was a restful time for you, right? Amen? <laughs> a lot of McDonald's and like <laughs> Taco Bell. Um, where was I? But the chaos around us. and in a lot of ways, Christmas is like this event, this one day where we're all supposed to be joyful. Like, it's a happy time. Happy, happy, happy. Celebrate. You know, the star of Bethlehem, a Christmas tree. Our whole neighborhood, we put up Christmas lights. Oh, I did the obligatory Christmas lights, right? Actually, I didn't turn off the, I didn't take down the Christmas lights from last year. I just flipped the switch. So that's how, that's a hack, life hack for you guys. Um, but anyways, just this kind of, we're almost forced into this forced joy and this forced celebration, this forced time of goodness and good tidings. I don't want to completely, you know, <laughs> dump on Christmas, uh, and it's not my intent to be negative here. Um, but I, I think our passage today speaks into the fullness of the human experience and what it means to really uh, practice the rhythms of life and really remember who God is to reflect in order to move forward, right? More deeply than making a, a New Year's resolution, it talks about how the people of faith practice worship, practice remembrance, remember the covenant relationship with God, remember the good deeds uh, that God has done, right? During all of their distress, God was also distressed. That's verse 9, that God weeps when we weep. When we're discouraged, God is discouraged as well, meaning that God feels what we feel god has compassion for our experiences the experiences of people around us in love and mercy god redeemed them lifting and carrying them throughout earlier times right the image i have is of you know driving in the car and my kids falling asleep right cammy as a baby falling asleep in the car and how many times have I lifted her and carried her and set her down in her bed? Right? For her, it's like she'll wake up in the morning and she'll be in her bed. But like that, you know, especially when they get heavier, just the work of carrying them from the car to their bed, that's the image I have of here, Here, that God in his love and mercy redeems them, lifting and carrying them throughout earlier times. God carries us. God lifts us and holds us. Verse 7, I will recount the Lord's faithful acts. I will sing the Lord's praises because of all the Lord did for us. For God's great favor toward the house of Israel, God treated them compassionately and with deep affection recount, I will recount all of the Lord's faithful deeds. In context, the seeming context of this passage is not a triumphant one, but it's actually set within a larger passage of communal lament, a time of lament, um, a discouraging time for the people of God. Um, It's a communal lament of the people sitting among the ruins of the temple, pointing to the destruction of the temple, which happened in 587 BC. Um, But this passage is also found in Third Isaiah, the latter third part of Isaiah. So that points to actually the return from exile, uh, when the people are returning and looking at the ruins of the temple, but they are also kind of lamenting, just as the generation prior, before the exile, had lamented uh, the destruction of the temple. Um, it is the memory of a people who are conquered, a memory of the people who were occupied. And we read in surrounding passages, but now, in 63, 18, but now our enemies had trampled down your sanctuary. Our enemies walked all over your temple. You let them walk over and destroy your temple. And this is what we're coming around. So this this part of Isaiah, um, actually Isaiah 63 through Isaiah 64, um, is a communal lament. And quite possibly the people were sitting in the actual ruins of the temple and reciting this lament, crying out to God amongst the devastation. It's a devastated people sitting in the ruins. And yet, these three verses point towards remember what God has done. Remember what God has done. And this is kind of the fuel. And this is the worship, the ritual that allows people to kind of garner, be emboldened to move forward, even though they're in the midst of ruins, remembering what God has done, his faithfulness to his covenant people. And I think it's a good kind of model for us, a good thing to point for us as we may be sitting in whatever ruins or we may be not that, you know, (laughs) Not that our experiences are to be equated to, you know, being occupied, being, you know, overcome by an enemy force and then sent into exile and our temples being destroyed. We've never experienced that, though there are people in the world that are experiencing destruction of homes and places right now, right? Enemies coming and destroying buildings and homes That's happening right now, so people are experiencing that. We we aren't experiencing that, Um, so um, it's kind of like unequal. But still, the lament, the call to lament, is the same, right? When we are, when we remember, and when we lament, we're honest. About our human experience. Right? It's not a forced celebration. It's not a forced let's sing joy to the world. But it's an honest reca- uh recounting and recapping recapping. Are you with me, church? God has been good in the past and continues to be good today. God has been good in the past. And continues to be good today, but let us embrace the fullness of what it means to be human in all of our experience, in the ups and the downs of the journey, in our victories as well as in our disappointments, in celebration, and in lament. Because God lies, God rests in the honesty of all the corners of our hearts. All the nooks and crannies. All the hiding spots of our hearts, minds, and souls. Our authentic worship comes in taking account, taking to account no matter the situation or circumstances you find yourselves. And giving our bodies and voices over to Yahweh, to God, who is good and is good all the time. Amen. We can truly move forward by merely, oh wait, we can't move forward by merely trying harder to accomplish change and build new habits transformation comes in remembering our covenant relationship with god remembering his saving work remember the babe lying in the manger and move in hope that indeed the savior of the world has come um I actually wanted a, a larger portion of this time to be in spiritual, in the spiritual discipline of the examine. So, is, can you put that slide up? Boop, 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 where is my thingy? Here we go. Uh, next, 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 next. Yeah, there you go. So the prayer of examine um, is a daily spiritual exercise and it's typically credited to St. Ignatius of Loyola in the 15th, 16th century, um, who encouraged fellow followers to engage in in the practice for developing a deeper level of spiritual sensitivity and for recognizing and receiving the assistance of the Holy Spirit at the heart of the practice is increasingly becoming aware of God's presence and the Holy Spirit's movement throughout the day. The prayer of exam- examine is primarily an exercise in remembering. One is invited through four portions presence, gratitude, reveal, review, and response to concentrate on experiences and encounters from the past 20, 24 hours. In our case, we're going to do the past year. The beauty of the practice is its simplicity. It is more a guide than a prescription. If some portion feels especially important on a given, uh, on a given day, feel the freedom to spend all or most of your time in that portion. The purpose is to increase awareness and sensitivity, not to finish or accomplish a task. So we're gonna uh, do a brief kind of, we're gonna practice this, a brief e- example of this. Um, going through presence, gratitude, reveal review and response Um, so the first step is presence the next slide. so get comfortable we're actually going to do this begin this practice by recognizing the presence of god remind yourself of god's presence with you and his desire to be with you consider praying for the holy spirit to help you Be attentive to God's presence. To become more focused, it might be helpful to repeat a simple phrase during this time, like, be still and know that I am God. Take some time and focus on the nearness of God. Open yourself to his presence. The psalmist writes, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. It'll take some time to focus on the nearness of God. God, you are near to us right now. Help us to feel your closeness and presence in this moment. Gratitude. If the only prayer you pray, you say in your entire life is thank you, wrote Meister Eckhart, that would suffice. As you think about the past year, what causes you to be thankful? Look over the past year, the big and small aspects of life, and recognize what reasons you have to be grateful. Focus on these experiences and encounters, helping your mind and spirit center on the goodness and generosity of God. If you're using a journal or have a piece of paper or on your cell phone, Consider capturing your thanks in writing, as expressing words of gratitude, and giving testimony to God's generosity and faithfulness. Find encouragement and reminders of God's goodness, and be thankful. So, looking back over the past year, for what are you most grateful? What makes you feel thankful? With these simple words, we express our gratitude to God. Praise be to God, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Review. Overpacked lives can rob us of the opportunity to learn from the past, to see how yesterday might inform today. Where did the time go, we ask ourselves? often struggling to remember what we did just a week ago. Here we can benefit again from taking time to look back over the past year by intentionally reviewing our interactions, responses, feelings, and intentions. We can avoid letting days speed by. We can pause to learn more about ourselves and about God's activity in our lives. Try to look back objectively as you reveal. Review, rather than interpreting, justifying, or rationalizing, the intent is to observe and remember. Allow your mind to wander the situations you've been in and to notice details. The questions in this exercise, these questions in this exercise should help you bring specific experiences to mind. When or where in the past week or year Were you cooperating most fully with God's action in your life? And when were you resisting? What habits and life patterns do you notice from the past year? What changes have you made in your life in the past few months, this past year? What were expected? What were planned? What surprised you the most? What have you lost recently in your life? Have you taken the time to grieve the losses? Have you stopped to celebrate the little victories or the big wins? We reflect on the words of the psalmist. Show me the way I should go for to, for to you I lift up my soul. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. And finally, we move to response, our response. The beginnings of new seasons give us opportunities to pause and consider and process changes. They also give us the opportunity to express gratitude and be grateful for the new things and gifts along the way. Having spent time remembering and reflecting, it seems natural to want to respond in some way. Take time to journal or pray, expressing your thoughts on the actions, attitudes, feelings, and interactions you've remembered as part of this exercise. You might need to seek forgiveness or ask for direction, share a concern, express gratitude, or resolve to make changes and move forward. Allow your observations to guide your responses. Beginning today, how do you want to live your life differently? What patterns do you want to keep living tomorrow? What things do you need to see with new eyes? And what new opportunities can you think of to love God and love neighbor this next year? And we'll take a... a little risky step, and uh, open the time for anyone, if you want to share or feel really strongly to be led by God to uh, about something in this exercise, has come up. Um, we'll allow time and space for that sharing. Amen. Let's pray. God, um, take this time and seal it, and. Even as we leave this place, we'll uh, continue to be present with us as we reflect and remember and recount and take into consideration what you've done for us this year. Um, and may that bear fruit in our lives. Amen.